You're listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge. This week on the podcast, I have an extra special guest. His name is Simon Corbett, and he is the founder and CEO of Jargon PR, which is an award-winning international digital marketing and comms business. They've got clients like Facebook and 70 other retained clients. They've grown rapidly since he founded the business over 10 years ago and is well on course to hit 5 million in fees. They've made two acquisitions in the last couple of years, which we discuss in some depth. And he's just got this incredible background in everything from enterprise technology, startups, consumer technologies, and retail. I found this to be a fascinating conversation covering everything from entrepreneurship, modern PR, acquisitions, and growth. So without me keeping you in suspense any further, my conversation with Simon Corbett. My name is Nathan Anibaba, and this is Agency Dealmasters. Agency Dealmasters is a series of conversations with world-class agency leaders building great agency businesses. I believe everyone belongs in the growth journey, and this show is dedicated to the stories and the lessons of ambitious agency builders of all types by examining their history, competitive advantage, and what makes them tick. Now, let's jump in. Simon Corbett is founder and CEO of the Jargon Group, a digital-first international media marketing and corporate communications business. They have over 70 retained clients, Facebook being one of the largest. The group owns a number of market-leading brands who provide public relations media services to brands in ad tech, cloud, mobile, big data, retail, fashion, and automotive. Prior to Jargon, Simon spent 10 years at notable agencies, including Weber Shandwick and Edelman. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation. Simon Corbett, welcome to Agency Dealmasters. Thank you. Hey, great to be here. Super excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing it. I'm a huge fan of Jargon PR and the career that you've built. Let's jump straight into it. Tell us what attracted you to a career in PR. Great to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcasts. Um, Career in PR. So, oh, well, it was a bit of a funny start, really. So I was doing a placement year at a company that found sponsors for Formula One teams. It was halfway through my degree, and I was the marketing assistant up in uh, Lincolnshire. And one of my first jobs was to find a PR agency for this company. So I was researching the market, looking through the websites of different PR companies, writing a brief, beginning to chat to a couple of them, setting up chemistry meetings for my boss. And I got really into it. And then, um, unfortunately, the Formula One company I was working for that found sponsors, that was closing down. The husband and wife that ran it uh, were, were getting divorced. It was only a small business. And I needed to find a job for the rest of my placement year. And I'd been, I'd been so interested in these PR agencies and what they were doing. I, I applied to the top five, uh, wrote off five letters. I got five interviews. And, uh, yeah, lucky enough to get a job at Weber. And that was, that was how it started. And that was, that was the start of it. That was the start. So fast forward then to Weber Shanwick and to where we are today. That was 1999, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when you started at Weber. What have been the main milestones from there to founding Jargon PR? Sure. Well, I guess there was a few. I had, um, so that was my placement year at, um, at Weber. So I was, you know, in, involved in WPP then, uh, you know, at a, at a very junior level. 
And then after that degree and master's, went straight to Porto Novelli. was there for just under four years, big Omnicom agency. That was great. Really enjoyed, really enjoyed that for the most part. Um, left there to go to Edelman. So then, the, you know, big independent, had a good four years there. That was a big milestone. And then um, hit 30 and decided to start my own. And that was, uh, that was around 2009 that we launched Jargon PR. Um, and what was the main driving force behind starting your own agency? Well, what had happened was um, I was at Edelman and it was going really well, loved the agency. But as the team expanded, they were bringing in a lot more senior people. So there was sort of new senior directors, associate directors, executive directors. And I was I was kind of going down the pecking order. It felt like I was going backwards a bit. So I got offered a role at um, Blanc and Otis, which was the, the kind of conflict agency for Helen Knowlton. So on the corner of Soho Square, and the, the plan was when when Helen Knowlton had any conflicts, it was given to Blancanotis. And I'd been offered a, a role there as deputy MD. They had around twelve staff and around ten clients. And I I liked the idea of being sort of a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond. I thought that would be really good for me. And when I got there, it was it was kind of nothing like what I'd been promised. Um, they, they basically had three staff, one of which was a freelancer. Most of the clients had handed in their notice and it was oh, wow. it, it, it was just not not what I'd been sold, not what I'd been promised. The CEO was over in San Fran. He didn't really know what was going on. And the first thing I had to do was, was kind of get my head around the numbers. Um, at the time, they were they were paying a huge amount for this this serviced office in the corner of Soho Square. So um, at the time, WPP had a, a shared office space with lots of different agencies in. So we we moved the business to there, looked to try and rebuild and regroup. But it was it was a total rebuild. It was a it was a start again job. I was there for three months, and I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I think I'd like to try and do it for myself rather than someone else. And that was how we got going. Really interesting and. Any any fears, trepidations? What was your vision for what jargon could become at that point? At the start, I well, I'd I'd always been doing tech PR, love tech, love B two B. That had always been always been my passion, and I thought let let's get going, let's try and win a couple of clients and see where this could take us. And um, yeah, I never, I don't think I ever quite dreamed we'd be where we are today, to be honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was that was how we got going. So give our, our listeners just a flavor of where Jargon is today, uh, size, employees, revenue, locations. Um, I'll, I'll let you kind of define what parameters you want to share as, as far as successes are concerned, but just give us a flavor of what the group looks like today. Yeah, sure. So, so this year we'll do around 3 million in fees. We've got around 70 clients. Uh, there's around 30 staff. Um, we've got three main offices in the UK, so London, Reading, and up in Manchester. Um, we're just opening a fourth office over in Dubai, actually. We've just got our trade license. That's come through this month. So it's exciting. But yeah, we, we've taken on someone over there. She's ex-Lewis, a great, great lady. She's been in the market for 10 years, so we're expanding over there. Um, Why Dubai, by the way? We've got quite a number of fintech clients, and that's we believe that's a real hub. That UAE, that Middle Eastern type market is is a hub for fintech, and we'd we'd like to do a little bit more in that space. Um, we run a number of campaigns in that market at the moment, but we wanted to we wanted to have some you know some boots on the ground. We wanted to get set up formally over there, so that was the reason. And there's there's so much investment going into that market at the moment. So so from two thousand and four to twenty twenty two, where we are today. 
How have your services evolved? How has the structure of the agency evolved? You're 30 people at the moment. Um, it was just you in the beginning, I imagine. Yes. Yep. I, you know, tell us, tell us kind of how, as you've grown, how you've taken on new people, how the structure has changed, how the ways of operating has changed and, and how your services have evolved over that time as well. Sure. So in terms of structure, I would say lots of systems, processes, procedures. That's what we've got at the moment. We've got procedures for almost everything, policies for everything. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the staff love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. And the reason we've done that is it's, you know, it's, it's not the Simon Show, it's jargon PR. So we've got a lot of good systems. So people know what they're doing, they know how to do things and they can and they can do them well. And that's allowed us to scale. So that's been that's been good and in terms of the services it's really been well a lot more a lot more content a lot more thought leadership a lot more social led campaigns um they've been they've been the big things for us over the past few years as as they probably have for most agencies so tell us a little bit about your typical client makeup you've got 70 clients at the moment what are they buying when they're buying from jargon pr so a typical client wants good content, media relations services. They want to be in the right trade or national or business media. They want to be communicating key messages. They want to be out positioning competitors. They want to be promoting product services. They want good quality earned media coverage and content written by experts in those niches. And that's what we really offer. And that's what we're very good at. Quite a number of the team are ex-journalists. So in terms of that, written content, media relationships, ability to get good content place distributed. That's that's what we're really good at. And what's your point of difference as, as Jargon PR? I'd like to say, well, there's a, we like to think we've got a few. Um, everyone's involved in the COPR, accredited, going through training. Um, we, we spend an awful lot on training. So investing in developing in the staff is one thing um also the fact that we're an independent so every you know every client matters we're not a you know we're not a huge monster of a company that you know clients just come and go you know we value every one of them um we never work by timesheets or anything like that it's all by deliverables and kpis so clients know exactly what they're getting and that that focus over the years has really allowed us to just you know develop, expand, grow, and just retain clients. We're very good at retention. We very rarely lose anyone. And that's that's been the, the foundation of building the agency, really. If I was to speak to one of your clients in confidentially, what would they say about you? I think they would say really good agency, great people. We love working with them. And yeah, more of the same, please. To be honest, I think I think what they'd say, we do we do several big kind of parties and events every year for clients. So we do a big Christmas party and we do a big we do a big summer party at uh, at the cricket. We tend to hire a couple of boxes. Oh, that helps. Do, do the VIP <laughs> tables. And so we're we're very good at asking them, you know, what what are we what, what are we good at, what are we not good at and everything. And that's what people tend to say, to be honest. Love that. So, so let's talk a little bit about PR and, and tech B two B PR specifically, because because if if there's one thing that's changed in the last few years, it's the number of B two B tech brands that are out there in so many different verticals, so many different marketplaces, with the requirement for them to grow and grow quickly. Um, the marketplace has never been as crowded as as it is today, and that's obviously a, a great thing for for you and and other B two B PR agencies because there's there's demand. But tell us, what does the modern B2B tech brand need to understand about PR 
and getting their the name of their brand and business out there in a world that is just so splintered, so divided, very noisy, and has never been noisier. Sure. So we like to think, you know, quality is better than quantity and earned media has still got more value than than any other channel. Um, as you say, there's so much noise out there at the moment that, you know, the days of just hunting out press releases for the sake of it, you know, three times a week are, are long gone, thankfully. Now it's all about differentiation of, of content and quality content that really makes your brand stand out, that differentiates you, and that adds value to your audience and your readers. So we do a huge amount of sort of research, thought leadership type content, roundtables, um, material and, and campaigns that we, what we say is they try they really try to kind of move the needle in your in your particular market and add value what's a good example of this um really good example we've got a really great client called agilitas they do um infrastructure as a service and um we've won a number of campaigns for them and we came up with a concept in around or oh, it was about five years ago now and they they sell to the channel and we called it the channel in 2020 so we looked at what their market would look like in the year 2020 and, and we started this in about 2017. So if someone told me what, what a PR agency would look like in three years, so what tech we'll be using, what people will be employing, what clients will be asking, I would read that report. And that's what we did for Agilitas for their market. So each quarter we did a different, a different theme. And we won campaign of the year for it a couple of years on the trot from CRN and then got to 2020. And then now we've now we've got a different focus for it. But instead of just putting out releases about new products, it it it, it was a series of quarterly reports that really tried to look into the future. And all of all of the customers of, of Agilitas read it. They've done very well from it. And that's defined their whole marketing communications approach now for nearly five years. How much is B2B PR now influenced by the work of the LinkedIn Institute, um, the the work of Ehrenberg Bass, all about the importance of emotion, putting human beings right at the center and creativity and being more entertaining because B2B for a very long time has been, let's say, not as uh, entertaining or creative as B2C. Yep. Um, I feel that's slowly starting to change now with um, recent research and the importance of actually brand and the importance of creativity um, right at the center of, of your marketing. How much has your work and the work of B2B PR in general been influenced by the importance of humanity and creativity um, and, and putting that right at the center of your marketing? Yeah, I completely agree. I think creativity is at the heart of everything we do. And for, for clients and for campaigns, we're always trying to come up with unique angles points of difference whether it's you know stories pictures angles the type of content where we're we're looking at so i completely agree i think that that's that side of things is so much more relevant now than ever and it's it's only heading in one direction i think agency deal masters is brought to you by bridge the growth focused podcast agency we help ambitious agencies talk to the right brands through the power of podcasting. Generate leads, win new business and increase reputation. Check out our clients' podcasts and find more resources to keep learning at bridgegrowth.org. Now, back to the show. 
You've also acquired three agencies in, in the last two years. Tell us the thinking there. Sure. So we're we're really rather than a, a brand of house, we're um, we're trying to create a house of brands. So in the jargon group, we've got jargon PR, which is all B two B and tech. We've got Glowhouse PR agency that focuses on processing and packaging type clients, and we're we're hoping to add a couple more as uh, as the years go on. And that 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 that. We, we kind of want a, a, a stable of different agencies, a stable of different different brands all under the jargon group is what we're looking for. And as far as how you think about, you know, which brands or agencies to acquire or bring into the group, what's your criteria for, for thinking about that? Sure. So um, of the three of the three we've done, the, the first was just a smaller b2b agency so that was that was kind of us learning what to do um the second was up in manchester and we wanted to get into the market in manchester a lot of investment going on up there so that was that was that was based on geography and the focus of that agency so they were they would be to be as well and the third Glowhouse, we've we've retained that name the other two agency brands we've not um they were such specialists in their sector they have got an incredible pedigree of, of knowledge and contacts and quality that of staff so we wanted a we wanted to move slightly into that sort of processing packaging automation type sectors because we we had other other clients in there as well at jargon um, the criteria going forward, it's an, it's a number of things really. It's it's PR focus. That's that's where we want to stay. Agencies that we believe we can add value to, solid clients, portfolio, good margins, etc. So we've we've got some good criteria. When it comes to capex spending, how do you think about redeploying capital and and revenue that um, and and profit that you've generated from servicing your clients? Sure. So, so we're continually investing back into the agency. Um, so, you know, D- Dubai is a good example. It, you know, it, it costs a bit of money to set up over there, get your trade license. You have to go over several times. I've got to have, you know, medical and several other bits to be the company owner over there. So we're, we're always trying to reinvest and grow. That's what we want to do. We, the plan is to keep, keep moving up the PR week league tables. We want to get a little bit bigger. We want to get a bit better. We've just employed our first kind of full time head of HR. So she's great. So just, just reinvestment, to be honest. Mm. How many non fee earners do you have at the business? Uh, we've got three. So I've got a HR manager, a PA and a bookkeeper. And, and at what stage, it'd be interesting just to outline at what stage did you bring on your first non fee earner? Because that's, that's usually a quite a critical point for a lot of growing agencies. Yeah. So the first was a bookkeeper. That was when we were at about half a million in fees. Um, up till then, I was I was doing the invoicing. Um, so half Painful. a million. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very glad to be not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, so ha- half a million or so was was when the bookkeeper joined. Um, we got through a million, and then I employed a sort of a PA slash office manager, and she's she's now just a full time PA. And then when we got to two and a bit million. And about 25 staff we bought on a HR manager. How do you get more and keep more great people in the business? Well, it's 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 a war of talent at the moment, as I'm sure everyone everyone knows. I mean, I think for us, what what's worked really well is every every member of the team's got an 18 month career development plan, so they can see the future and their their pay and bonus and benefits goes up every six months, so people know what they're 
what they're going to be getting, what they're earning, and what the plan is for their career to develop. Apart from that, it's the old-fashioned stuff. It's, you know, good holidays, bonus days, um, financial bonuses, um, trips away. We've just all been to Dublin for a long weekend, all of the team. We were all over there in Temple Bar and having a nice few days there. So I think it's I think it, it, it's the old-fashioned stuff, but as well, just making sure that everyone's got these really career, really clear eighteen-month career development plans, so they know what they're doing, what they're earning, how they're how they're going to progress. Um, we also have, you know, every month or so, we have meetings where we'll sit, I'll sit down with all the junior account execs or account execs or senior account execs and account managers, just to listen to them, just to talk to them. So if they've got any anything that's worrying them, any problems, you know, people want to be listened to and just so they, they know they've all got access to me to talk to me. So if anything is bothering them, I, you know, I'm always here for them. Let's jump into our speed round now. Well, this is, these are the questions that I ask everyone. If you're, if you're a listener of the show, you know that we ask everyone these favorite questions, my personally favorite questions, to be honest, these are the ones that kind of tell us a little bit more about you, the individual, the person behind the brand. Um, so I'm going to jump into a couple of them now and ask my first favorite one. Tell us about a time when you failed and what you learned from that experience. Um, a time I failed. So probably Portobelli 2002. Um, they had a Banbury and a London office and I was hired to go into the Banbury office. And then I was asked to do half my time in London, half my time in Banbury. I always got a really hard time in London. The director in the London office didn't really like me I never understood why I wasn't getting the big accounts and I was it was it wasn't it wasn't going very well and then I I kind of learned that it was pointed out to me that the the head of the two offices didn't didn't really get on and I was I was never going to do really very well in London despite despite doing very well and I guess what I learned from it was that actually the importance of you know reading between the lines politics relationships in business I was you know I was a bit young and naive about some of that stuff and mm-hmm. yeah just kind of realized that actually I needed to understand that and get a bit smarter and play things the right way to to to, to get on in that particular dynamic so yeah that was my one tell us about some of your early mentors who influenced your approach to b2b pr marketing and communications sure i had um when i was at edelman i had a really good manager a guy called steve Lyons, who was a really really good guy super smart knew knew what he was doing he was a he was a serious guy and yeah had a had a great three years with kind of him being my manager and he he taught me an awful lot so yeah i would i would i would definitely definitely put him up there what's one thing you remember from him um I'd probably say the big one of the biggest thing was the you know the relationships with the journalists and you know really really getting to know them what what makes them work what makes them tick what they really like and just investing in those relationships and keeping on investing in them um, these people are probably going to be in the industry for a long time as are you and you know the importance of that cannot be understated. My favorite question, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, what are you watching or streaming? Probably Netflix, love Netflix. Um, two favorite shows, probably Billions, which is on Sky Atlantic, yep. love that. And um, slightly embarrassed to say my guilty pleasure is Keeping Up With The Kardashians. <laughs> love Never. that, love You that. watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians. <laughs> Absolutely. I would not have picked you as the type. My... Um, 
wife and two daughters and i love it so kind of a don't saturday- blame them don't, don't bring them into it <laughs> a saturday morning often starts with a bacon sandwich on the sofa and uh watching that i'm, I'm embarrassed to say <laughs> love it love it we you do get some insight into into our guests with these questions okay favorite books what do you what are some of your favorite books? Uh, love Robin Sharma. Um, he's he's great. Love Tony Robin Robbins. Oh yeah, um, Robin Sharma. One of his, the monk who sold his Ferrari. Great book. <laughs> great um, title. And equally, Tony Robbins, Unshakable, and some of his really, Brilliant. really, really good, really good stuff. All about personal development and growth. And yeah, love all that. What advice would you give to a young person or millennial who wants to start their career in a B two B PR agency? Um probably say the best investment in life you can make is in yourself and just invest in yourself and your career whether it's knowing people in the industry training development cim cipr prca all of these great organizations get to know them do the courses understand it invest in yourself that'll that's all you need to do Great, great advice. And my final question, Simon, what does you know about growing a B2B PR agency today that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career? I guess probably my top three things would be, you know, say no more often is is probably the first thing. At the start, we sort of said yes to everything and we wanted to do everything and we were so keen and, you know, sometimes less is more. Um, I'd say don't be afraid to make mistakes as well. Um, you know, much better to have tried and failed than to have never tried. And I think as well, don't go around comparing yourself to other agencies. Every every agency is different. People are on different journeys, different growth paths. People, you know, maybe even totally different situations to you. So, so don't just sit there watching all the others and trying to be like them. You know, work out what you want to do, what success is to you, forge your own path and go for it. How hard is that? Because I've been falling into that trap recently. I've been looking, LinkedIn is a, terrible for that <laughs> because it will show you so many other agencies that are, so successful and just you know hired 15 more people and won these great awards and you're looking at yourself and you're like well actually we should be doing that why can't yeah. we be doing that and why so it gives you a tremendous amount of en- envy how good have you been at not falling into that trap yourself and what advice do you have for people like me it's so it first of all it's only natural to do that we all do that as humans so you're you're certainly not doing anything wrong the thing i would say that that i have learned over the years and i you know i still don't get it right every time to be honest but what i've learned is look at you look at your business work out what success means for you what do you really want to do where do you want to go where do you want to take it plan that write it down and stick to that journey and whether it's personal things whether you know it's you cars or watches or holidays or whatever it is whether it's business whether it's awards growth whether it's just financial work out what success really is to you and where you want to go and just stick to that course and that's it and let let everyone else do whatever they're doing they've they've got a different vision from you just make sure you're doing what you want to do and where you're going and by sticking to that you'll 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 get there great place to end simon thank you so much for doing this It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Nathan. We have been speaking with Simon Corbett. He is currently the founder and CEO at Jargon PR. If you enjoyed this conversation, then head over to Apple Podcasts where you can listen to over 170 such conversations we've had now with world-class leaders in the agency space. Please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn for more great conversations like this. We would be unable 
to do this show without our very own deal masters. Tyler Baller is our booker. Christoph Boaszczek is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to Agency Dealmasters. You are listening to Agency Dealmasters, brought to you by Bridge, the growth-focused podcast agency.